Welcome to Tent Talk, the podcast with Nancy McCrady, where we talk about life under the big tent of God's presence and the provoking process of discipleship. Here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Tent Talk. This is Nancy McCrady. Two days and ways. We look into what it means to go before him in the spirit of Elijah. What does that mean and why do these days require that? And they certainly do. But they're all about leading us to him, being made ready for him. And we are going to be his entryway, his door into the earth, my friends, is straight through our very spirits. So let's get ready. Love you all. Two days and ways. Let's continue in Luke 117 as I continue to encourage you by me fulfilling my assignment, and that is to help you to uh, mature, develop, and to fulfill your assignment in your life. So in making ready a people in spirit for the Lord, the three most important words in all of it, for him, for the Lord, it does say to go before him, And we talked about that being a part of advanced teams uh, in the previous episode. And then it says, in the spirit of Elijah. Well, Elijah was quite a fiery prophet and uh, a character in the grand scheme of things that accomplished much. And in the specifics of Luke 117, it's talking about John the Baptist. Uh, Obviously, he had a tremendous, tremendous work to do, and he was definitely... Uh, if you will, a one-man advance team that came before the Lord and got people ready. And then he announced when Jesus stepped forward uh, and said, here he comes. Previously, this was my cousin, and I knew him in that way. But now I say to you, he is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So there is great, rich history there, uh, Jesus and, and, and John Uh, One of my favorite scriptures involving the two of them uh, was Matthew 3 and is Matthew 3, 15, I believe, in the Amplified Classic, where John is, you know, bemoaning his unworthiness, and Jesus is basically like John. Um, I need you to do your part. I'm doing my part, and I need you to do your part. Let's both together do our parts that all righteousness might be fulfilled, and immediately... John is like, okay, you know, even though I'm not worthy to unlatch your sandals, yes. And he followed that. Your your unworthiness, my friends, has got to bow to the call of Jesus. And you realize that that's not really the point. How would I make myself worthy? He has chosen me. He has brought me to himself. He has filled me with himself. And now he longs for me to yield myself to him that the two of us can move as one. So let your unworthiness bow, my friends, okay? And we will deal with other things, right, in the spirit of Elijah and in looking at John the Baptist as he came in that way. And it has been spoken to me that this is a part of uh, my um, work and assignment, and I don't put myself in the office of these things. That's not the point. It's it's just beginning to understand why you function in a in a particular way and what the point is. And it's not about your title and your this and that. It is for the Lord, 
It is about him and for him. But looking at what does this mean in the spirit of Elijah, that this is a big part of when an advanced team goes in and we are truly getting things ready for him. We saw that one of those was leveling things, every mountain coming down, every valley coming up. But it also means to preach repentance, to turn from self, not just I did this one wrong thing. Repentance, ooh, metanoia, don't get me started. I mentioned it previously uh, many times. It is such, such a striking work of metanoia, and oh, how needed it is, and it is such a gift from the Lord. But to preach this depth of repentance, you can see some of it. Uh, in Second Corinthians 7, 9, and 10, I believe, in the Amplified Classic, it says that when God, right, it has a grief that he means for us to experience, a grief that is beyond human sorrow, I was caught, right? No, this is a gift from him that we need in a very deep and striking way. And it says then that grief that he means for you to, to experience, okay, is going to produce something that only he can produce. It says when he is permitted and allowed to direct that pain, oh, it's going to lead to salvation, deliverance, and with it will come no regret. My friends, we need this. So this is a part of what this this um, spirit of Elijah, when it speaks about it, is to preach a repentance that brings such a reformation, right, that there's such a purging and such a cleansing of the fire of his presence. Oh, the dual fire of his presence. You can see that in Isaiah 4. That's the tent. That's why this podcast is called Tent Talk. Conversations under the big tent of God's presence, the provoking process of discipleship. It's a dual fire that burns and sifts and judges, and it's also in his presence is his divine love and protection. He loves and protects you, my friends, while he brings flesh and sin and corruption under his sifting, burning, and judgment. And when you see it, you come into agreement with him. So it's a boldness and a zealousness to reprove sin. And listen, those of us that would dare to stand speaking this way and preaching this way, teaching, discipling in this way, uh, have to have been the recipients of that fire, my friends. You don't go around pointing your long bony finger at other people, and you've never had this finger come to you, the finger of fire when he comes. So we must first be those who have been dealt with this way. We have had to come and see our own sin. Now listen to me, not just bad behavior, but the, the, even the good, where we have tried to be good enough separate from him. So we then are able to stand in that place because we have had to receive it ourselves. And that we are also, my friends, this is a part of where we're going, I am going, is that we witness against these things that are not of him. If we're going to call people to him, we've also got to be a witness uh, against those things that are not of him and allow them to be seen, to be exposed. Oh, the exposure that is coming. And to speak to power while power is sitting in its places of corruption, right? Because we're going before him. This is his day and hour. This is his timing. It is for him. And you're going to see why I'm so, oh, I'm so 
bent on this right now because it is to turn hearts to him, right? It is him. (laughs) It's about him. So in this spirit of Elijah, as we go before him, in what spirit do we go? In this spirit where uh, it is going to shake off and break and bust the yoke of sin, the dominion of the world and of flesh, right? Because Galatians 6, I believe verse 14 tells us we have been crucified to the world and the world has been crucified to us. So if you're going to be shaking off and breaking off the yoke of sin experientially, right? Because it's already been broken off of you. This is why it's so sad when we take it back on and make ourselves slaves to sin. It is all so that we can take on his yoke, right? His yoke. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. Come unto me, take on my yoke, learn of me. Oh, he is the focus. And that by the grace, the very ability of God. Remember, grace is not some cheap covering so you can stay in sin. It's not a license unto your flesh. By the very grace of God, by the ability of God within us, my friends, by the very nature of God that we share in, we then will be a people. I love this. This is a part of what it means to prepare is you bringing people home to him. Then we will live devoted to him. And I love the way one of the the commentator said, we will live happy in him. Like, really? That's amazing. (laughs) There will be a deep joy that will break in. Deep, deep joy. And when that deep joy breaks forward, oh, my friends, there's going to be a strength. There's going to be a strength that comes into us. And it is going to be like iron in our souls, my friends. We are going to be strengthened and hardened to difficulties by him, not by your ways that you did yourself. No, by him. Oh, you can see that I am, uh, I'm getting fired up. All right, because we're going to make ready a people in spirit for the Lord, for him. This is what it means to go in advance of him, to make ready to cause the the path to be level, every mountain coming down, every valley coming up. He's going to be able to move straight through us. He is going to do it, and we're going to get things ready. And in closing uh, on this episode, I want to go back into Tozer's book, The Pursuit of God, in the introduction or the preface. My gosh, these guys, when they wrote... You could just read their introduction to their books and fall on your face, much less the whole book itself. But I want to be careful here because this this word, mm, it's the word harbinger. I'm not talking about the book that was written in recent years. I'm not talking about all that kind of stuff. Please, disclaimer, disclaimer, disclaimer. I am speaking of it as it is being shared here in this book that was written many, many, many years ago. This came to me August 5th in 2019 when I read the book and this word harbinger stood out to me. And as I've been revisiting, being put into the remembrance by the Lord himself as to what does it mean to make ready a people in spirit? What does it mean going in and discipling nations, um, the provoking process of discipleship, Nancy McCready Ministries, what is all of this, right? 
We are making ready a people in spirit for him. He is our focus. He is center stage. It is him and only him. So if there's an advanced team going out, it's to make ready for him. Now listen to this, okay? Listen to this. And and in the next episode, where there's one day and way, (laughs) I will share a couple of other things. But let me end here with this. It says, in this hour, this is Tozer writing, in this hour of all but universal darkness, one cheering gleam appears. Within the fold of conservative Christianity, there are to be found increasing numbers of persons whose religious lives are marked by a growing hunger after God himself. They are eager for spiritual realities and will not be put off with words, nor will they be content with correct interpretations of truth. They are a thirst for God, and they will not be satisfied till they have drunk deep at the fountain of living water. This is the only real harbinger the real sign of revival, which I have been able to detect anywhere on the religious horizon. It may be the cloud, the size of a man's hand, for which a few saints here and there have been looking. It can result in a resurrection of life for many souls and a recapture of that radiant wonder which should accompany faith in Christ, that wonder which has all but fled the church of God in our day. Mm, I could go on and on. But my friends, this is a part of the sign, the harbinger of what is happening. Is there are those, and I, I believe there are many around the globe, many, who cannot be satisfied with anything other than him. And then the living out of that oneness in the nitty-gritty of every day. My friends, we're not going to be sequestered away. On We're not monks that are going to live on the top of a mountain, right? Remember Peter? He wanted to build huts on the top of the mountain. No, Jesus said, we're going back down in the demon-possessed valleys, right? We are going down. We can go up. We can go down. Oh, Sherpa leadership. I tell you, I'm getting so pinged over here. I need to watch myself. Okay, so we've got to be able to go up the mountain, down the mountain, right? My friends, it's in the reality of everyday life. This is not some weird thing. This is the norm for those who are hungry for him, right? And who are going to be able to move and also provoke and create hunger in others. We know Holy Spirit is the one doing it, but he, he lives inside of us, right? In our everyday lives, right? In the ways that he gives it and the way that he desires it, because it is about him for him. He's the source of it, right? But we do want to be part of that. So, that's enough for right now. We've got to get to this one day <laughs> and one way, right? As we go into opening up the fresh and new days on man's calendar of a new year. But my friend, it's the continuous. It is the continuation of what God began before the foundations of the world. It doesn't begin with January 1. It continues on 
Don't give too much credit, right, to man's calendar, but let it serve. Harness it and make it serve the purposes of God. He is simply continuing on. My friends, whether you go to sleep on New Year's Eve at at 10 p.m. or at 2 a.m. on January 1st, if your house is clean or it isn't clean and everything's in order or it's not, or you're with people or you're not, my friends, my friends, listen to me carefully. Simply lean into him and realize no day on man's calendar determines you, your worth, anything. He determined all of that in Christ before the foundations of the world. And I want you to continue to move forward in the truth of him. He has come for you. All of your significance and value is in him, from him, and he does not change. Hmm? Therefore, your value has not changed. Your calling is to him, him, him. Here we go. Here we go, my friends. In these last two days of 2023, I want to say thank you to everyone who has already given. I am overwhelmed by the gracious and generous giving of the partners, new and old, uh, here at Nancy McCready Ministries. But we are in that crunch time. And I would ask that if you have not yet, that you would now make the decision to sow into Nancy McCready Ministries, your most generous end-of-year tax-free giving. As we are a nonprofit, we are a 501c3 ministry. So go to nancymccready.com, click the giving button, and sow your most generous gift and help us to reach our $60,000 goal for the month of December, which helps us to secure resources to be able to go in and be advanced teams for many others who will then advance even further than we ever could. So we look forward to receiving your most generous gift at this time. Thank you so much for being here on Tent Talk, the podcast of Nancy McCready Ministries. For more information on Nancy, please visit nancymccready.com or follow her on social media at nbmccready.